You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Camp day three in the books for the Broncos. Pads went on. The intensity ramped up a notch. Ryan Edwards is here with me to tell you all about what happened for the Broncos as they continued their training camp. And yesterday, you wanted to start with the good. (laughs) But good and bad, it's one of those things where it's about perspective. So you look at this day, and you see four interceptions. You see Justin Simmons with a perfect read of Joe Flacco in the red zone to get a pick on a pass to Austin Fort in goal to go and effectively going all the way up the field. You see the pass rush continuing to wreak havoc, and Vic Fangio's defense looks as advertised at this point. But then you're also concerned about the four interceptions from the offensive perspective. You're concerned about Kevin Hogan, some of the throws that he missed when he did have time to throw. You're concerned about the pass protection. Garrett Bowles, we talked about him making some strides on Friday, but Saturday morning looked like a bit of a struggle against Bradley Chubb. Jawan James had trouble not only with Vaughn Miller, but also with Jeff Holland when the first-team offense went against the second-team defense. We're all about jumping to conclusions here because this is what we do three days in. Maybe it's too early to figure out the narrative, but is there a point where you start being concerned about the offense? Yeah, I, I think there is. And I'm, I really want to not – I mean, we talked to Emmanuel Sanders, and he, got, he said, look, guys, it's three days in. You know, well, let's not get too freaked out here. Emmanuel isn't even on the field. He's arguably their best wide receiver. So there, there's something to be said there. But it's about the amount of time the quarterbacks are having to really throw or, or even see the lanes, like to see to see one or two progressions. I mean, the fact is, I mean, there, there are just multiple times where these the, the, the pass rush, the defensive line interior, I mean, everybody's getting back into the lap of the quarterbacks and – it feels like clean pockets are few and far between, so the pressure is there, and the secondary is taking advantage of it like they should. And then if if the ball is tipped at the line, then you're seeing linebackers come up with interceptions as well. Josie got one today with a Shelby tip. So, yeah, I, I don't want, like Emmanuel said, I don't want to go too far in three days into camp, but when you say you've improved the offense when you went out and you traded for Joe Flacco and you've uh, seemingly added improvements on the offensive line we should see that and we just haven't yet and some of the times when the quarterbacks do have time to throw you're seeing the defenders hold up because they don't want to hit the quarterback they know okay we are not to touch him the quarterback has the blue jersey on and so there are times when you see the quarterbacks able to go through their progressions and not finding anything and ultimately taking the check down, that if you put that into a game scenario, uh, they'd be running for their life and taking off. Now, maybe that becomes an option, especially, say, for Drew Locke if he has to get in there. Joe Flacco did have a long scramble that drew the appreciation of the fans gathered on the West Hillside today. So... That's not something you necessarily want to rely on. We know what's happened to Joe Flacco when he's scrambled. He had that uh, hit that he absorbed on Thursday night a couple Mm -hmm. of years back. So it's not something that's ideal. But at the same time, when you start running this offense in real time, real speed, real game situations, 
there will be the option of getting away. And I imagine that the quarterbacks, Joe Flacco, or if he's hurt, Kevin Hogan or Drew Locke, would use that. But still, that's not something that you really want, and it's not something for which this offense is really tailored, at least with Joe Flacco quarterback. Yeah, you don't have Patrick Mahomes back there. Yeah. You don't have the, the ability to improvise like you do with when you have a quarterback like that. Or Aaron Rodgers. That, that's just not what this is. And Mace, we've said it from the beginning, you can find a functional way to make Joe Flacco in this offense work. I, I know what it's supposed to look like. You know what it's supposed to look like. It doesn't look like it yet. And it's it's partly because of the blocking. You've had some drops. Noah Fant didn't particularly have a really special day building off of what he did yesterday, which was a good day. And that's kind of what it's... I mean, honestly, the most consistent receiver that I can tell right now has been Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, he's been the most consistent guy so far. But even he lacks the elite speed. Joe Flacco tried to hit him on a deep pass. Deshaun wasn't going to catch up with that pass. That no. ended up going right to Will Parks. because, And it was a great read by Will Parks. But Deshaun isn't that guy. Now, if that was Emmanuel Sanders running that route, I uh, prime Emmanuel Sanders, I bet he gets there. Bingo. And I think you hit the nail on the head. This offense, we saw what it looked like with a different scheme and a different quarterback the last four weeks of the 2018 regular season without Emmanuel Sanders. And it had no pop, no vertical threat, nothing the defense had to take seriously. You could basically play up in the box or within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage and you were good. Without Sanders out there right now, the offense still seems to suffer from that lack of vertical explosion from the wide receiver. And that's where I start looking back at the draft. And, you know, we're all going to have players that got away. I have a feeling that as I look back at the 2019 draft, for me, the player that got away might be Terry McLaurin, mm. a guy with four three five speed who was sitting there on the board early in the third round. Draymond Jones, I think, is going to be good, and he's had some solid moments out yes. there on the defensive line. But if Emmanuel Sanders is not all the way back, this offense does not have the vertical speed threat from wide receiver, and that's going to severely limit its potential out there. They did let Trinity Benson get some a snap or two at the very end of practice and with the ones. Yeah, uh, and he had a catch. He had a catch, he had a catch in there. But he's a ways off. He, <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty raw. And you're seeing same thing with Kelvin McKnight. Really raw. Uh, but he had Steven, a nice catch from he Kevin did. Hogan. And we'll talk about some of Kevin Hogan's struggles later. Kevin Hogan did have a burst of positivity did. in practice where he was hitting guys in stride in the play to McKnight was beautiful down the scene. It was. You can't execute that any better from the quarterback and from the receiver's perspective. Absolutely. Gave you a little bit of hope. Little. And there was an interception not long after that. <laughs> it was a lot of moments like that. Mike Cliss of Nine News tweeted out Jinx because he sent a tweet about how Kevin Hogan had a good bounce back day and then right after that was the interception. Yeah, and, and he yeah, he had a couple of he had back-to-back passes and and obviously McKnight was involved in one of those. I can't remember if if there was another receiver in there that got a a catch. But yeah, back-to-back, I think first downs that yes. uh, would it would have been first downs. If you uh ha- I can't I I think I missed the first one, but I got I did get the McKnight catch. But yes. but either way, this is great radio, right? I know, as we're looking through our notes. podcasting as I'm going yeah, I'm going through my notebook here and uh Let's see. There's well, that's a that's a Drew Lock snap there. Um, well, you know, you know who did have a <laughs> as you're looking for it. A couple of nice passes today was uh, actually Brett Rippin. 
Brad Rippon had a couple of nice passes. Now he did yesterday too, albeit against three. Oh yes, he did. Yes, he did. Two days in a row where Brett Rippon has done something with relatively limited reps. Right, and I don't want to get too like hot take here. Like, oh, Brett Rippon pushing on uh, the guys ahead of him. What would Steve Atwater say? Though? Well, he, you know, what he would say he he would say yes. Look at that, Brett Rippon. Like I told y'all, <laughs> but there's there's something to be said, and this is how. Guys get their chances. You get into preseason play. Mace, you're playing against threes. You're playing against fours. Mm -hmm. And if you're playing well against them, that gives you opportunities to move up a notch and see how you play against twos. And Brett Rippon, I think by next week, might get a couple of chances to play against twos. Not as the backup, but as in the third defense maybe against – or third third or third team offense versus the twos on defense. That type of thing. That's what I want to see. You also wonder how much time Brett Rippon gets in the preseason opener against the Falcons, the Hall of Fame game, which is now 12 days away as we talk, because that basically is a bonus game. And the Broncos, Vic Fangio, they haven't made anything official as far as playing time goes. But if the teams in the game follow what was done last year, you won't see the starters. So at that point, how much does Kevin Hogan get? How much does Drew Locke get? What is left for Brett Rippon? And what's the best plan of attack? Drew Locke, it was a rookie day, but he made some good throws, some promising throws. And he did get some reps against the ones. Mm-hmm. He did. Which is something that we saw in OTAs as well, that even though Kevin Hogan is getting the majority of the reps with the second team, that they're creating scenarios where... Drew Locke is getting second-team reps against the number one defense. So this is not the first time this has happened for the Broncos this year since Drew Locke came in. And Drew Locke actually had a, a deep completion to Jawan Winfrey Ooh, that during was, that. that. That probably got the loudest ovation of the day. It was a really, really impressive pass because he kind of he kind of had to throw it from a, a bit of an odd angle because he was kind of falling back a little bit. Look, Vaughn destroyed Noah Fant on his way, and it might have ultimately been a sack, but let's just say it plays out and Vaughn gets a hand on Drew Locke, but Drew Locke's able to to get the ball up there. Juwan Winfrey came down with it, great positioning by him. I mean, he was the best play of that series because uh, Vaughn and Chubb, uh, they both uh, met in the middle for a sack to start off that drive. There was a short little completion to Kafani Muhammad, then the deep pass to uh, Jawan, and then he had an incompletion to uh, Austin Ford, who continues to have a couple of plays every single practice. He had a, a deep completion for a touchdown today on a seam route. Austin Ford continues just to be very steady, making at least a play, if not multiple. You could say he maybe is a little bit more consistent right now than Noah Fant. Now, Noah Fant can do some spectacular things, but Austin Ford is a bit steadier. Yeah, see, Noah Fant had a good day yesterday. And not a good day today. And not a good day today. He got thrown around by Josh Watson and obviously thrown around by Von Miller. Now, like with Von Miller, that's a good opportunity for him to learn. And he's taking it the right way. When I asked Noah Fant about going against Von Miller, that is – how he described it. He said, look, I'm going to get better. And I sort of like the confidence that Noah Fant brought when he said, hey, maybe I can make Von Miller better. But you see when he goes up against him, he's trying. The effort is there, but he's got a long way to go technically as a blocker. Now, I do wonder at what point they start saying as coaches, all right, we're 
getting a look at Noah Fant here, but let's start just putting him in situations where we know he can succeed and maybe having him just strictly be a joker tight end in year one. That Julius is, Thomas. Yeah. That's something that I could see happening. This is very early. It's day three, so take everything that we're assessing here with a grain of salt. But roles are still being defined. We are early in the process. We saw Josh Watson getting first-team reps today in mm-hmm. place of the injured Todd Davis. Yesterday we saw Alexander Johnson and Joe Jones getting reps. Joe Jones, it looks like they're using him as a sub-package first-team linebacker. And then base package, you saw Alexander Johnson on Friday and Josh Watson on Saturday. So they're still learning about guys. Austin Ford, I think they want to see if he can – be in the mix. If By the way, if Austin Ford is legit and continues playing his way up, what does that mean for the other guys in the room? Troy Fumagalli, he's day-to-day with a hip issue. He only did individual work today. But what does that mean for a Jeff Hireman? Jake Butt, he still is only doing seven-on-seven. Yep. Seven. He's not doing team. He's not even doing team yet. Uh, it could mean a lot. And, and health of the tight end room is something we've brought up a billion times. So it could be it could be a big opportunity for him if he can show a level of consistency doing that over the course of the training camp into the preseason games because then you're already on a year-to-year deal with Jeff Hireman for 2 years, right? I mean, after this year, you're probably you're probably going to find a position where you might want a guy like Austin Ford or Buck Howard to be in second-year guys, the guys that can maybe contribute Bug Howard had a great catch yesterday. Didn't really get a chance to do very much. So he had Almost a, had one today. Almost had one Came today. Came close to yep. a touchdown. Yep. But but otherwise, yeah. I mean, the the it's it's a strange thing about the depth on the tight end because the main names are the least interesting ones so far for me in training camp. Jeff Hireman. Hasn't done much. He's been a blocker. He's been with the first team, but yeah. you're right, he's blocking. Yeah, he's been he's, he's been a blocker. He hasn't caught very many passes. No, and and, and now so, Fumagalli's got the hip issue. Yeah, and of course he had the sports turning. But it's not working with team. Noah Fant's having up and down performances, but Austin Ford has been the steady guy the whole time. Bug Howard has made some plays. It's just they're they've been the more interesting tight end so far. And Noah Fant, I know we were kind of fixated on him. He did make some catches today, but he had a drop too. He had a drop. Yeah, that's the thing. Again, the, right now he just looks like he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then the blocking. It's not that he's a bad blocker, it's that he's going up against elite talent pass rushers, and he's not ready for that yet. Well, no one looked ready for Von Miller and Bradley Chubb today. No, that's a good point. And that's fair. Where it gets interesting is that we talk about how when it's ones versus ones, you have Juwan James and Garrett Bowles having to face Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. But then you have a moment late in practice where the first-team offense goes against the second-team defense. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Holland was wreaking havoc against Jawan James. Yeah. And so is it a matter of, okay, you've been going up against Von Miller. He's been doing his Von Miller thing, as he always does. And then you struggle to kind of get it back, almost like a Coors Field effect for pictures when they struggle at Coors and they can't get it back when they go on the road mm-hmm. in what should be easier circumstances? 
I want to make sure we highlight a player today that had maybe his best practice as a Bronco, and that's Demarcus Walker. Oh my goodness! If we, I didn't want to make, I want to make sure we didn't get out of this pod without mentioning Demarcus Walker. You had him at, at four pressures. I had him at three in a sack. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, I mean, I thought in one of those pressures, I admit probably it's a sack in game conditions. In game conditions. I was looking at my notes, so basically, it's four times getting oh. to the quarterback and one for a sack what for a, both of us. What a day! Wow. And, and look, there was four interceptions. We could highlight two of Justin Simmons. That was great. Was Pressure's mentioned. involved with these picks. Yes, absolutely. And that's been a theme of all three days of training camp is that pressure is leading to these errant throws. You're seeing it from the interior with Demarcus Walker. I saw Derek Wolf get in there with pressure mm-hmm. a few times today. And you're seeing it from off the edge. The front seven looks legit and one of the interceptions like we mentioned Shelby Harris got his hand up and Josie Jewell got the pick yep. right place right time but it was a good athletic play by Josie but that's you what you ask of it. your D lineman yep if you can't get to the quarterback get your hands up and they got their hands up let's hear from Jeff Holland Ryan Benjamin Albright and I had a chance to talk with the second year edge rusher after practice here's that conversation all right, chatting here with Jeff Holland. How have you felt about the start of camp? Boy, it felt like uh, the defense is really swarming today. Uh, I think it was great. Uh, you know, we still got a lot to work on. You know, we had we, we emphasized a lot of the takeaways, and, you know, today we came out and did it. You know, Coach always emphasizes getting the ball out, you know, running to the ball. When you when the big guys run to the ball, the ball gets out. Not a first-year guy anymore. Getting out there. Sorry, getting out there doing your thing. Vaughn taking you kind of under his wing this season a little bit. Are you guys developing a chemistry and then how to work that out, or how has that worked out for you? I mean, I mean, it worked. It worked out great for me, man. I, I, it's a blessing, you know, to have a guy like that, you know, on your team, you know, uh, just working with you, you know, hands on, you know, what I'm saying, you know, everywhere he goes, you know, I, I'm, I mainly goes and train, you know, do hand work, you know, you know, just work out with him and get, just pick his brain. That's that's what it's all about. Second teamers getting work against the number one offense, having some success. Pardon me. How does that help you guys as a unit? Oh man, it helps us a lot. You know, going against Jawan and those guys like that. Man, Jawan's a good a good tackle. You know, playing against him will get me ready for the season. You know, uh, he's you know he's been doing you know he's been giving me some good work. You know, and it, uh, just just going against him just it, it's a blessing too because he it's like you know both of us practicing. You know, he's he's helping me. I'm helping him. Yeah, but it seemed like when you guys were going against the ones, man, you guys had had a really lot of success. Didn't you feel pretty good about it? Yeah, I felt pretty good about it. But like I said, we got a lot more work to do. What's the biggest difference between last year and this year? Oh, man, just the speed and, you know, just the knowledge, you know, the small things that matters, you know, just getting just getting into the game, you know, just, you know, feeling it, you know, in the speed. Like I said, you know, I feel more comfortable out there. Schematically, what are they asking you to do differently that maybe varies from last year? And do you think this is a better fit for you? Yeah, yes, sir. I think it's a great fit for me. You know, they, you know, they just asking me to play, play tough in the run, and you know, get to the quarterback. And I think that's not a hard job for us to do as long as we do the uh, small things right. A lot of questions about the depth at outside linebacker. What do you think about the depth of your group? Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Everybody getting, everyone's getting rep. You know, it's taking some of the, uh, you know, some of the work off some guys. You know, I think it's some good work. Everybody's getting out here. You play Madden. Who do you sub out? Bradley Chubb or Von Miller? Put yourself in. Okay. <laughs> I'm put all this in at the same time. You know, a rabbit's package. <laughs> <laughs>
There you go. There you go. I'm trying to touch you up. Yeah. Vic Fangio mentioned you're working at Inside Linebacker. Have you ever done that before? What do you think of that? And uh, how do you feel you make the transition? Uh, you know, I, I did it in high school. You know, uh, you know, whatever whatever they need me to do, I'll come out there and do it. You know, I'll you know get in my playbook, work at it, and you know keep working at it to get better. Do you feel like there are certain aspects of the game that are slowing down a little bit for you? Uh, yes, the game's slowing down for me, you know, and uh, just like just like I said, you know, that one year helped me out. Just this one year, just the one year, you know, it's a big difference. The one year makes a big difference. Jeff Holland, are you ready to put him Sharpie just yet? I mean, I had him on when we did it. Three days. It's too early. It's a little early. But he, but was, but he was very good today. He's good. And, and you know what you're getting with him. He's got game experience. He has some Shaq Barrett. <laughs> Shaq Barrett. Characteristics. But the thing is, is Malik Reed didn't have as many wow moments today. So Malik Reed has been one of the right. stories early on. Mm-hmm. And this is that ebb and flow of training right. camp. So Jeff Holland had his day, which is great. Malik Reed was a little bit less. And so tomorrow, let's see if, if it's a Jeff Holland or a Malik Reed kind of day. And let's not overlook Dakota Watson. Oh, he had a good he, day. Because he had a very good day yeah, as well. Yeah, he had a good day. But you kind of know what you're getting with him because here he is. Yeah. He's a veteran. So consistent. And yeah. now there's a guy who isn't Sharpie, in part yeah. because of his special teams role, in part because you like having an experienced starter that can rotate in and be there in case something happens, God forbid, to uh, Bradley Chubb or Vaughn Miller. But, but intelligence, you just see the intelligence when he's on the field. I mean, he's around the ball. I mean, if, if it's a if it's going to be a short dump off past the running back, he, he knows to kind of be in position to make the tackle or or break it up. He had a couple of those today. And both to you know, we, it wasn't Malik Reed's best day, but to his credit, Malik Reed and Jeff Holland both had great stay at home moments yes. when the quarterback flared back over to them after the play fake and they didn't over pursue they were right there and there was actually I think it was Drew Locke who had a really nice throw throwing over Malik Reed Malik Reed did everything right Drew Locke did a good job getting the pass out Drew Locke had a couple of nice touch moments today yes. in his pass that's the thing we wanted to see from him as he continues to develop look up and down he he had some missed throws but he also had some nice ones which is kind of just traditional Drew Locke at this point. We expect that. But he had some nice touch. He had some out pattern patterns that he had to throw that were, again, he had, he had to put it in a way that the receiver had a chance to catch it, gather it, and run. If he would have thrown it like a howitzer, there's no way that the receiver could have had a chance at it. And the other thing that Drew Locke has is feel in the pocket. Yes. He feels the rush and can... That's a good observation. Buy some time for himself, whether it's moving laterally or stepping up. If I had a criticism of Trevor Simeon while he was here, for example, it was the feel in the pocket. It wasn't always there, and he would drift back, something that Gary Kubiak often pointed out when he talked about Trevor Simeon back in the 2016 season. I see a much better feel for the rush than Drew Locke and as I've studied quarterbacks for a long time, one of the things that I've learned is that the feel for the rush, it's one of those things that's innate. You either have it or you don't. And Drew Locke, Drew Locke appears to have that. Yeah. And these are the encouraging signs that you're talking about his, his personality, his temperament. You talk about what I feel like is, is the things he's learned from what we saw in the offseason to now. There's still some footwork and mechanical stuff, but but I think it's been improved. And there's there's something that he, he clearly has done some studying and done some work. And then you're right, that the, the pocket presence, there that's a good observation on your part because oftentimes with the rookies, you see the happy feet. 
Not a, not a ton of that. Not a ton of that with him. We've it's it's more about ha- setting his feet, but it's a different kind of setting his feet. It's just like him relying on his arm strength rather than stepping into the throw. But with rookies, sometimes it's, holy cow, I got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb coming on every side of me, like, tapping your feet I up. don't see the panic from no, him. not at all. That's most encouraging thing yeah. about Drew Locke right now is the settled nature that he has yep. when he's back there. And the rest of it, I think, will come. He has what you can't coach, and what needs to be fixed can be coached into him. Agreed. Those are both positive signs. Before we go, we got to check out a CSU Ram. Yeah, we've talked with Ryan Edwards here for the past 20 minutes or so. But Josh Watson, it was his turn to work on the first team defense in place of Todd Davis. He worked in the base package. Here's the conversation that Ryan, Ben, and I had with the undrafted rookie from CSU. Chatting with uh, CSU Ram, former CSU Ram, Josh Watson. Uh, man, running with the ones out there, how'd that feel? Felt great, you know, just being able to fly around, just taking um, each play at a time and just relying on your teammates to help you out and making calls and checks and stuff and flying around making plays. You had a play there where you tossed around the first rounder. Noah Fant, that uh, feel pretty good to put that one on tape? You know, I mean, just going out there just to compete. You know, it's good to go out there and compete with um, – with um, first-round guys out there with the teammates and putting good stuff on film is what the coaches want to see. What do you feel like you're doing better now on the field than you were when you first got here back in May? Playing fast, you know, knowing my, knowing my job. That's the biggest thing. When you know your, when you know your responsibility, you're able to play faster. What would you say as far as getting to the NFL level that you're off, the biggest thing you offer to the Broncos? Just my um, competitiveness, my hungriness, my um, my my eager to um, make sure that I'm pushing myself, my teammates to um, to the max potential to make sure that we compete at a high level on and off the field. What's your favorite aspect of the scheme? You know, just playing the, playing the game. You know, being able to being able to wake up and just walk on this field and be able to compete with my teammates. What is that feeling like the first time you're in a huddle and you look around and there's Vaughn Miller and there's Chris Harris Jr. These guys that have been Pro Bowlers for a long time. It's, it's, it's amazing just having them when you call in the huddle, having them looking you in your eyes when you um with with urgency and demeanor and this hungerness just to know that you call in the calls and your defense alignment is listening to you, the secondary is listening to you. It feels good, you know, just being able to um, execute the calls and line up and play fast. How do you feel about the swagger of this defense? That's something that the, the Broncos have had for many, many years. How do you feel about that coming in and joining them? Oh, it's, it's not going nowhere. The swagger's going to stay. And, um... This fall camp, we're going to make sure that we're going to continue to do the little things that's going to make us better when, it's, um, when the season comes. You guys are perpetually beating the offense. Is that a point of pride in the locker room? You guys talking a little smack about that? I'm sure it's going to be a little talk. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But it's all, it's all, it's all um, good and fun going out there and have fun and making plays. How did Josie Jewell kind of help you along today? Great. I mean, um, just communicating po- pre-snap, post-snap, and um, – just, commu- just the communication, you know, just talking. You know, it allows you to play fast when you talk. So I'm just communication. Ryan, appreciate your time, man. It's always good to talk with you about practice. And uh, even though we don't have the three hours, this is scratching the itch yep. a little bit. No doubt, man. So appreciate it. Ryan Edwards, there he goes from KOA News Radio. You can hear him on Broncos Country tonight, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. on KOA, 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM in Denver. But you'll hear from both of us Sunday. Training camp practice number four will be right back here in the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse studio to break it all down. For Ryan, it's Mace. Talk to you tomorrow.